Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Ryan. And this is our new podcast, Worth the Work. A quirky and insightful look into the world of therapy with topics that matter to you. You sounded like that really was impactful for you. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it, it meant a lot. So, Ryan, um, obviously we're here. Correct. This is a brand new podcast. Why? Well, I think the question is, who are we, first of all? I mean, fine. Who are we? Who is Ryan? Ryan is an Aquarius who likes long walks <laughs> on the beach. No. Ryan is a licensed clinical social worker. So I have a master's degree in social work. I also have a master's degree in human sexuality. What does that mean, Ryan? That means I do the sex stuff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It means I have an understanding of both the biological aspects of sexuality, but also the interpersonal, how do you say, relationships that interact and how society and both different cultures react and interact in a sexual manner. Awesome. Yeah. So I also have a certification in treating trauma. And I work with individuals and couples, and I specialize in sexuality issues, trauma, communication, and something else I can't remember. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of different things, anxiety, depression, things like that. But those are kind of the big ones that I focus on. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, Amanda, who are you? That's not a singing do, do, podcast. Man, I was so hopeful. So my name is Amanda Johns, and I am also a licensed clinical social work. Um, I have a master's in social work, obviously, because I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and you have to have the master's in social work in order to be a licensed clinical social worker. Um, Duh. But, <laughs> but my area of focus was um, mental health and addiction. I also have uh, a certification in working with individuals who've um, been impacted by trauma. I did a, about an 18-month study in the field of trauma and how to help individuals who have experienced trauma. Um, I also uh, am a parent educator, so I work with parents to help them understand their children and um, on topics of parenting in general. Um, I say um a lot, clearly. Uh, we all do. It's okay. <laughs> I work with individuals. I work with couples. I work with families. I'm really big on not looking at the person as the problem, um, but rather looking at how the person interacts with all of the people around them and the world around them. Um, so I love to work with individuals and their relationships. Okay. Good. So that brings us to our next question. Why are we doing a podcast? Who I cares? No, nobody cares. We like to hear ourselves talk. That's why we're therapists. <laughs> Not. No, but seriously, uh, we're doing this for a couple different reasons. One, we thought it would be fun, believe it or not. Mm. And we like the stress and anxiety of trying to listen so to our own voices. Anxious. But also... There's a lot of mystery and stigma surrounding around therapy and the the world of social work or counseling. And we're hoping to demystify a little bit of mm. that for you. So this is 
a podcast that's geared for therapists, but also for anybody, um, because we want to broaden the concept that therapy is a valid thing that somebody might be interested in. And, you know, as we'll talk about later, we'll hopefully be able to take questions from you, things like that, and get to that point where, you know, it does become a dialogue so you can learn more about us and therapy. And I think it's important, too, to say I'm looking for a list that I don't seem to have in front of me. Um, I think it's important to say that there are so many topics that we've already talked about wanting to um, sort of discuss and go over. And it's not just these, you know, highly intellectual topics about um, the quantitative analysis of the therapeutic process. I don't even know if that's a thing. Ugh, um, but gross. It, but like real person topics that include things like spirituality, sexuality, mm -hmm. parenting, um, mm -hmm. issues related to LGBTQ, uh, issues related to trauma. Did I say that already? Once or um, twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, issues that impact you on a personal level um, and that matter to you and maybe topics that other people have been scared to talk about, um, but we are not afraid. Or at least we'll power through it, one or the other. Right. We will pretend we are not afraid. And I think it's worth pointing out that, you know, we are starting this podcast in the lovely year of 2020. That has been very calm with nothing happening whatsoever. Right. There is no need to flush 2020 with the hoarded toilet paper. Correct. <laughs> but seriously, that's part of the reason we're doing it is because this has been a very, uh, let's say, turbulent year. And uh, who knows what the rest of it holds. But, you know, we want to, you know, use this time to really kind of break through the barrier that is mental health in this country. That was really well said. I mean, I don't like to brag, but I am pretty amazing. Mm, we'll see. Okay. So what's the next question? Well, the next question is, why are we therapists? Why, why are you a therapist, Ryan? I have no idea. <laughs> it's clearly for the no school and all the money. Right? It's my childhood trauma, but you know, mm -hmm. whatever. <laughs> Besides that. No, how did I become a therapist? Well, it's a long story, so I'll give you the highly abridged version. Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes, as it were. You can just see the movie. I was in undergrad studying the wonderful world of history. Ugh. Shut I your mean, face. I like history. So yeah, I, so I, I don't know why you're noise. making faces. I, I actually love history. What a jerk. <laughs> and while there, I started volunteering for an organization on campus. This is at the University of Delaware. Go Blue Hens. So Who The organization was called... SOS, which stood for Sexual Offense Support, and basically we ran a 24-hour hotline for victims and survivors of sexual assault and sexual trauma. Doing that, I really became passionate about helping people and finding ways to help heal the trauma, and that's really kind of what started me down this path. And then shortly after graduating, I went to grad school and started this journey. I know. Okay. All right. What about you, Amanda? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I, I I feel like I came out of the womb wanting to analyze behaviors and analyze people. Um, I remember being very young and, and doing Rorschach tests on people. I know. I was a very weird How child. How weird are you? I'm so weird. Um, but there was a certain sort of comfort and security and I think stability and being able to understand why people 
reacted and behaved the way that they did. I think that, you know, I, I did not have the most exciting um, of childhoods. There was a lot that I experienced. Um, so I, I think that, that by analyzing and figuring out why people behaved the way that they behaved, it helped me to better understand or, and or survive my experiences. Um, and then I initially thought that I was supposed to help people by teaching. Um, and then I realized that um, I do not want to teach. Um, God bless your teachers. I can't. I, I, especially right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I realized that that was not actually what I wanted to do. I did not want to teach children. And then I thought maybe I wanted to be a nurse. And then I realized that I don't want to do that. God bless you, nurses, especially right now. Gross. <laughs> Um, and then my mom is a social worker, and so I thought, okay, let me try that path, and um, I fell in love. You know, I've, I've always been a helper. I did go back to college in my 30s, so I was a late bloomer in that sense, um, but I, uh, I really just enjoy helping people to understand themselves and to understand the world around them, so that's like, like you. I have an abridged version. I have the I have the War and Peace sized. That was the abridged version? That was the abridged version, believe it or not. Sweet Lord in heaven. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's get into our next topic. So, Ryan, what is our next question? That would be, what is therapy? What is therapy, Ryan? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just faking it. Do I lay on a couch and tell you all of my deepest, darkest secrets while you write into a notepad and analyze me? Or am I just drawing pictures and <laughs> pretending to listen? The little loop-de-loops that you do? You know, Absolutely. Like when you're on the phone? Loop, 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 loop. It's how I focus. <laughs> no, but seriously, we uh, are going to talk about what therapy actually is because you're right. There are a lot of misconceptions about it. So, Amanda, what is therapy? Oh, gosh. Uh, so, therapy is an opportunity to sit and talk to an unbiased person who can mm -hmm. sort of filter back to you what it is that you're saying, talking about going through. It's not necessarily advice giving. There's a lot of stances out there that a therapist should not be an advice giver. Mm -hmm. um, there are different types of therapy. Some therapists hold to very strict guidelines as far as the type of therapy that they'll do. Um, some common names are things like what, Ryan? Well, we have something called CBT. CBT. Yeah. What does that stand for? So that stands for cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. What is, what is that, Ryan? So that <laughs> is kind of looking at the way our brain thinks about things and then the actions we take because of them. So in order to change the behavior, you have to change the thought process behind it. You Does have to that... be aware. You have to be cognitive of the behavior or and the response. cognizant even. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay, what else we got there, So Ryan? then we have EMDR. Okay. What is that, Amanda? Well, EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. Very good. I know, right? It took me a while to so be able to say desensitization. Uh, basically, what EMDR is, is it's a way to use movement to heal trauma in the brain. Um, it's a lot more complex than that, but that's the very basic sense of what it is. Um, and just as an aside to listeners, we will be doing some in-depth podcasts about each of these types of therapies. Um, so if you're just Probably. sort of, 
I mean, we will. Uh, so if you're interested, uh, listen back, because uh, we will have people who actually do these therapies as practitioners talking about them. So what's next, Ryan? So what about DBT? D- Not to be confused with CBT. So uh, dialectal behavior therapy. Well, that's impressive. I know. That's one of those other hard ones that's, that's hard to say. Say that one time fast. Dialectal behavior therapy. Uh, so <laughs> DBT, on its very basic sense, is a type of CBT, and its goal is to teach people how to live in the moment um, and how to self-regulate when they're having difficult emotions. I like to look at it as um, it's like seeing plaid, where normally you'd see black or white. If that makes sense to you. It, well, I mean, maybe you need some DBT to understand. <laughs> I need something. <laughs> Okay, what else so then we then another one is narrative therapy. Now this is one of my personal favorites. And basically the premise behind this is that we all have a story in our lives about events and things like that happen. And a lot of times we create these stories and and they are how do you say maybe not the best. Sometimes they're negative. Sometimes we have thoughts about ourselves. And what narrative therapy does is rewrites those stories in to look at them in a different light and then also have a different reflection on yourself and how you see the world. As an aside, it's one of my favorite ones, too. Okay. Copycat. Mm-hmm. Or we're eclectic. Uh, sure. Make up words. That's fine. <laughs> um, so that's some of the main ones that you will hear a lot about. But what about something like a more random one, Amanda? So one that I've been looking into lately is called Geek Therapy. Geek Therapy? Geek Therapy. And it is so exciting to me. Um, As a geek myself, self-professed, I love the concept of Geek Therapy because from what I understand, the basic premise behind it is working with individuals who explore and understand their world through things like role play, LARPing, um, World of Warcraft, that, that that's how they process information and understand information is speaking with people on their terms um, and reducing the stigma that's associated with individuals who enjoy that type of experience. Fascinating. I mean, certainly not something you hear about every day. I would be fine with Luke Skywalker or Captain Picard coming in and uh, helping me through my think we all would emotions. <laughs> so. You know, this kind of brings up to one of the points is often when people say, let's say, Amanda, you somebody asks what you do and you respond, I'm a therapist. Oh, what is the first response you typically get? Oh, physical therapy. Right. And how do you respond to that? I say, no, I'm not a physical (laughs) therapist. I don't Uh, touch. I don't touch people. Um, What I do say is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this got awkward. What I do say is, no, I provide mental health therapy. Yeah. Um, or I say I provide talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that usually then leads into me hearing all about their children's problems, their mm-hmm. husband's problems, their mother da- father's problems. Trying to squeeze in that free therapy I mean, right at any second. There is nothing like getting an x-ray, being stuck on a table, the clinician finding out that you <laughs> are a therapist. <laughs> And then providing therapy. Yes. Which, side note, we're not allowed to do, so we do not do it. Yes. <laughs> Disclaimer. Doesn't stop people from asking, <laughs> but that's okay. So this obviously leads us to our next question. Do you need therapy? Yes. 
Okay. Equivocally, yes. And I think, too, so I'm joking, not joking. Um, So the reality of it is is that there's not a single person in this world who wouldn't benefit from talking to somebody and getting an unbiased opinion. You know, we live in a very polarizing world sometimes. Especially now. Especially now, where we have a tendency to sort of stay in our own lane, stay in our own space, and think from our own brain, which normally would be fine. Um, But unfortunately, we do not live in isolation from others. Mm -hmm. And so we have to understand how to um, relate to people in the world, Um, whether it be intimate relationships, parent relationships, child relationships, best friend relationships, work relationships, grocery store relationships, (laughs) driving relationships. Um, We we all have to learn how to be uh, part of something greater than ourselves Mm -hmm. um so i think we can all benefit from therapy and also to say that therapists get therapy the vast majority are or have been in therapy at some point correct myself included because it's definitely helped me i mean i as well have been down the therapy path Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, someone needs to be in therapy for their entire life by any means. It it also means you can go work on an issue, feel like you have it resolved, take time off from therapy, and then maybe come back to it a couple years later when something else comes up that you need help or assistance working with. Right, right. And you can also switch therapists. Absolutely. There's so much around, well, I picked this person, I'm going to hurt their feelings if I tell them I don't Mm want to work with them. Yeah, or it's not working, but I got to keep going, or I'll just right. stop going altogether. Right. And and I think Ryan and I, you and I can both say, if you are not feeling comfortable with your therapist, there's like a really good chance your therapist is not feeling comfortable with you. True story. And if they're not feeling uncomfortable with you, then you might have a therapist who needs therapy. Which, just like any profession, unfortunately, there are some less than stellar therapists, as there is with anything. But, you know, it really should be a place for you to go and talk about what's going on for you. And if you're worried about your therapist's feelings, what's that called, Amanda? Countertransference. Transference. Which one? (laughs) Countertransference. But, yes, so, and, and that's something that we are therapists are trained to try to avoid, um, and also trained not to, to say it doesn't happen. Absolutely. It are, happens. We are held to a standard when, when we are feeling, when we are bringing our story into our clients' lives and there's no purpose for it mm-hmm. other than to work on our own stuff. Right. Um, we're, we're trained to pick up on that, acknowledge it and stop it. Right. And if it's something that the client's bringing, like the client is worried about the therapist's feelings, that's something that, you know, if we identify that, we need to address it so we can decide if that we're still the best fit for the person right. or maybe another person would be better. Right. We often as therapists will refer somebody to someone else because we don't feel like we would be the perfect fit for them right. or they don't feel that way. Well, and I, this brings up a question. How do you know if your therapist is a boundary therapist? How do you know if your therapist is somebody who holds their standards and ethics? Mm-hmm. Good question. Oh, Ryan. <laughs> well. What not to do in therapy. Da, da, da. Da, da, da. Okay. So as a therapist, we are set by 
ethics and guidelines that we have to follow. Now, we as social workers have to follow the social worker guide of ethics. Is that the official? That is not the official word. <laughs> the official name. I just made that up. It's a code of ethics. Sorry. It's been a long day, month, week, year. Um, so, and that dictates what we can and can't do. So what are the, some of the things that we are not supposed to do in therapy, Amanda? So some of the, I mean, some of them are so obvious, yet not always to somebody who's hurting or somebody who's come in from unhealthy, you know, relational patterns or unhealthy attachment mm -hmm. patterns or whatever. Um, but I, I feel like I want to start with some of the most glaring. So you should not be going to dinner with your therapist. Mm -hmm. You should not be... Hanging out. Hanging out with your therapist. You right. should not be babysitting your therapist's kids. Um, you should not be... Dating your therapist. <laughs> I was going to be a little bit more crass, but... You Shocking. Should, you should not be doing anything of any intimate value yes. with your therapist. Um, you shouldn't go on vacation with your therapist. And the reason that these rules are there is because at some time, someone has broken them. It's like the person who ironed with their clothes on, so now all irons say do not use while wearing Unfortunately, clothes. you know, yeah. But some of these, I mean, if your therapist said, hey, why don't we get some lunch? If I'm not somebody who's yes. healthy or I'm really aching for companionship, I'm not necessarily going to see that as a boundary mm -hmm. crossing. I'm going to see that as this person really wants to help me. And as a client, you are not expected to know all the rules Correct. or anything like that. That is our job as therapists to put that boundary up and be there. And the reason is because once you start to blur those boundaries – then it's like, okay, well, this is my friend versus right. my therapist, and can I tell them certain things? I don't want to hurt their feelings right. versus actually trying to process the reason you're in therapy in the first place. And I think that's like that's the hardest thing for a lot of clients is because you are you are being so vulnerable in the room with your therapist mm -hmm. that it can be very, very easy to then need to feel like they are your friend because now they know everything about you. Um, but, but again, it is the therapist's responsibility ethically, morally, mm -hmm. license wise for, for us at least to hold those very strong boundaries. Um, you know, we often talk about power differentials and for as much as, you know, we as therapists don't want to sort of push out that we hold power in the relationship with our clients. The reality of it is, is that we do, mm -hmm. you know, we are theoretically, the, the people in the room that have the coping skills that mm -hmm. that are in the space of healthiness in that moment um, and it and it's our duty and our responsibility to not harm right and when we as the therapists cross boundaries we are the one harming and that's not okay right because the the reason you're coming to us is because most likely someone at some point in your life has had poor boundaries with you yeah. you know and or growing up, maybe you didn't get the experience of what boundaries look like, so you struggle with them yourself. And if we're reinforcing that, we're not helping you at all. Hey, Ryan, have you ever had a client like tantrum or get really pissed off when you set boundaries? Oh, all the time. <laughs> That's the best. No, we actually love it. We love it when people react and act 
out in the issue that brought them to come see us because that's how we can help them. Right. You know, we are not sitting here judging somebody when mm-hmm. they're telling us what they're telling us. Nine times out of ten, whatever you're telling us, we've heard it all before. Sure. You're not shocking us, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and we're not sitting here going, oh my God, I can't wait to get out of here and tell so and so what, you know, what I heard, which is side note is another boundary violation. Big what's, one. What's, it, it's sort of like Vegas, what's said in session stays in session. Um, unless your therapist has a release um, of confidentiality for other people, they are not allowed to talk about what's going on in your sessions with anybody else just like your doctor's not allowed to give out your medical information to someone else therapists are the same way we we all have to follow hipaa yeah don't ask me what it stands for because i can't remember something portability protection act or something health information portability act i would have said privacy so what do i know i mean it whatever um so the other thing i'm thinking too is i wonder if people know what the laws are surrounding teenagers and therapy that is a great question because as a mom who's had teenagers who've received therapy and yes therapists children get therapy and yes us therapists worry all the time that our children are in therapy telling that therapist how terrible we are no comment because (laughs) shut up because as therapists we have you know our own struggles as well and and we are not perfect. Um, by no means. By no means. And we don't raise perfect children who don't act out or have issues. Um, so I just thought that was important to say. But um, so, so Ryan, I have a 13-year-old child. Not me right now, but I'm pretending to be a mom of a 13-year-old child. Do you know when I take that child to therapy, I get to know everything until the child turns 14? I did know that. Did you know that? I did. Why is that, Ryan? Well, that is because... Laws. (laughs) Well, yeah, basically. (laughs) Because the law, in Pennsylvania at least, every state's a little bit different, so that's important to remember. But in Pennsylvania, at age 13, a person or a child, teenager, as you were, is not considered of a legal age to make medical decisions on their own. However... That whole year later at 14, they are now capable of that. They are suddenly cognitively aware. Poof, it happens. Even though the brain does not stop developing or turning itself on, rather, until like around the age of 26. And we all know how mature 14-year-olds are. I have a 14-year-old right now. And they are so mature. But yeah, they can they can deny medication. They can deny treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, they they can deny you getting any information about what's going on in their therapy at all without a written release of confidentiality. But is that always a bad thing? No, you know, and and I do think the law was put into place to protect teenagers who maybe came from families where um, there was abuse or there was a distrust of therapy or the child was not allowed to participate in therapy. Um, And so I do think it provides an opportunity for um, people to, for, for teenagers to, um, have the ability to talk about whatever they need to talk about without worrying that their parents are going to be fed every little bit of information. Correct. Yeah. So I guess this leads us to our next question and perhaps the last one for today, but how do you find a therapist? 
do you just walk down the street and look for one? Yes, you walk down the street going, therapy, <laughs> therapy. <laughs> you know all of those people standing along the streets with signs that say like all sorts of things? They're actually asking for therapy. I mean. That's how you do it. That's not. Not, not completely wrong. <laughs> So, how do you find a therapist? Yeah, so there's a couple of different options. So, there's therapists that are in-network, and there's therapists that are out-network. What does that mean? What does that mean, Ryan? I, I just said that. But, but I'm asking you. What oh, does well, that that's mean? just rude. So, in-network is obviously a therapist who is in the insurance. insurance. I'm getting to it. <laughs> Give me a minute. The insurance network that you have, and they accept your insurance, and then they take care of the billing and all that stuff. And you just pay a teeny tiny little copay, if anything. It, depending on what your copay is, because right. I mean, sometimes they're not very teeny or tiny. But then, if they're out of network, it means that you have to pay the therapist up front, and then it sometimes is possible to get reimbursed from your insurance, but that's usually something you have to do. Yeah. But therapists can give you receipts and things like that. So Ryan, oh, yes. why? So tell me why I would pick a therapist who charges a full fee and doesn't take insurance. Well, that is a great question, <laughs> and so how do we say this politely? Insurance is a great thing, and also a not so great thing it can be very limiting it can be extremely limiting so with insurance a lot of times they will dictate what or how many sessions a person is able to get they will often require a diagnosis from the therapist on the first session which as a therapist is not exactly the most ethical thing to do yeah, because yeah. You're not in one 50 minute session, you're not going to be able to diagnose every single person. We might have an idea, but we're going to have to ask more questions. You know, we're going to have to get to know you a little bit better before we make that decision. So that's why insurance, while beneficial in some ways, can also be a little bit detrimental too, because then there's limitations, there's certain things. And then also, your insurance company has the record of any of your mental health diagnosis and things like that. So, Ryan, isn't the full fee price limiting to people who can't afford insurance or uh, therapy? So it can be, but that's why a lot of even full full fee, can't say that fast, therapists offer sometimes sliding scale, which means that they can charge you a price that is something you feel you can afford. It doesn't mean it's going to be $20, but it's also can be something that's much more manageable. Most therapists are willing to work with you to a point because we are not in this to make money. We're in this to help people. Now, obviously, we have to keep the lights on. We right. have to pay our bills, things like that. But we also really like to help people. So if we can't take you for whatever reason, you know, a therapist's job is to give you a referral to someone else right. who can be that person. Right. Also, there's psychotherapy or <laughs> psychotherapy today. <laughs> Psychology Today is a great resource. Right. Um, that's a directory that, that therapists, it's un, it's important to know that therapists do pay to be on uh, Psychology Today. Correct. So that is a paid sort of like a therapist directory. So that is important to know. Um, I don't, I can't think off the top of my head of any free directories. I'm sure they do exist. Yeah, I don't know of any free directories, but a lot of therapists will have their own website. Right. So you can Google 
therapist in Doylestown say. Now, odds are, you know, Psychology Today is going to be one of the first Correct. ones to come up. And it'll sponsored give you... Site. It is a sponsored site, right? But it will give you a breakdown of, you know, you can filter by men, women, you know, do they take my insurance? Do they specialize in this or that? Right. That's a good way to kind of get a good idea of where you want to go. Um, there's also um, a lot of therapists are on social media. Right. And it doesn't mean we post about clients, but, you know, we have a social media account. What is that? We do. Amanda? So we have an Instagram account called worth the work underscore. Because you're, you're worth, worth the work. work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're going to be uh, getting a Facebook page up and running as well. Right. Um, that will be linked to that Instagram page. And we also, we encourage people to... Um, comment or post to either of those mm -hmm. with topics that they would like to see covered. Or questions. Questions. I mean, questions are always great. Um, you can also uh, send us messages on both of those uh, mm -hmm. social media platforms. And we don't have to say who asked the question. So if you Correct. have a question that you've been dying to, to ask or you're embarrassed to ask, you know, but you want the answer to, you know, feel free to reach out to us. Um, and I do think it's important to know that, that, that what we're hoping to bring to you is information that you will find interesting. So the more that you engage with us, the more we can be sure that we're bringing you topics and discussions that are of value to you. And hopefully entertaining as well. I mean, a little bit entertaining would be nice. Well, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> okay, well, with that, we are done, I think, today. That's going to be it for us okay folks we will we will see you on the next episode uh, bye bye, bye.